At Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary, it is our privilege to partner with local churches both in the United States and around the world in training men for the gospel ministry. If your church supports CBTS with $200 a month and a commitment to pray for us, any student in your church can attend CBTS tuition-free. To learn more about how you can partner with us in providing informed scholarship with Pastoral Heart, visit cbtseminary.org. Welcome to another episode of the Pastor's Inbox on the Man of God Network, brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. In this conversation, uh, we want to talk to you about uh, conducting membership interviews. Um, We want to talk about things that pastors perhaps might ask uh, interviewees as they are guarding the membership of the church or uh, potentially asking about uh, salvation questions for entrance into uh, the membership of the church. So to kick off this conversation, brothers, I'll just ask us more generally, what is a membership interview and why is it important for church life? Well, as the uh, phrase membership interview um, indicates, it's a meeting uh, with uh, the elders um, with a uh, person who desires to become a member of the church. And the purpose of the meeting is to determine whether the person desirous of joining is qualified to be a member of Christ church. And uh, it's a meeting where the person wanting to join can be informed as to what is actually involved in their becoming a member. I believe firmly that a church is to be made up of true saints and therefore a, a converted and informed church membership is absolutely essential to a healthy church. And this is what will fulfill God's purpose in the church and will glorify his name. Uh, a God obeying and God honoring church is so important and because every church member needs to know this. Then I think this initial membership interview is very important to church life. Lee? Well, I, I, amen, brother. Uh, I think that, you know, the confession itself, when it talks in um, 26.5 of, of the 1689, that our, our Lord has commanded his people to walk together in particular societies or churches for their mutual edification and the due performance of that public worship, which he requires of them, in the world. Well, uh, that means then that we are to be truly united, truly knit together uh, with other believers in, in local church life. Uh, church membership is not simply a name on a roll. Well, as Joe has already mentioned, it's a converted membership. You know, the New Testament letters assume this uh, of those who make up the churches. They're called to be saints or Colossians 1, 2, the saints and faithful or believing brethren. Or you know, Paul can write to all of those believers and say, you are complete in Christ. Well, that assumes that of all of the members of that church or being justified by faith, we have peace with God. He assumes that of all. So there's a converted membership that's an identifiable membership. Well, how are we to know where they are? I mean, we're eager to receive new members into the church family, but Scripture requires care be taken here. It's not just a matter of let's add numbers for the sake of numbers. Uh, We need to have confidence that there's a credible profession of faith in Christ, that they indeed have been effectually called to be saints. 
uh, and that there's not only a desire, but even a commitment to be biblical, mm -hmm. in, in yeah. particular, a biblical church. And then also uh, to make sure that, that uh, we can have that unity of which Scripture speaks, that they will not militate against it. You know, when we're told to endeavor to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace, or when Paul would write to the Romans and talk about how with one mind and one mouth we glorify God, or when Paul writes to the Corinthians, you'd be a one mind and a one judgment, or Philippians 1.27, how we are to strive together for the faith of the gospel with one mind and one spirit. Well, that, that presupposes a, a real unity, not yeah. simply that we love each other, obviously that, but that there's even a doctrinal uh, mm -hmm. unity. Uh, you, you think, too, of Romans 12 or 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, speaks of the church, the local church, as a body, all functioning together. Well, we need to know, are they able to live as such? Are they willing to live yes. as such? Are they committed to living as such? And, and that would include, is there a, a, a commitment uh, to uh, uh, knowing those who have authority over you, First Thessalonians 5, or Hebrews 13 and 17, submitting to those who have the rule over you? So it's important for the one seeking membership, but also for the church as a whole, uh, for the church to be or continue to be what it's supposed to be under Christ and according to his word. Is it this that those wishing to become members really want? And how are you going to know that except by way of a membership interview with certain questions uh, in this connection? Uh, that, I think, would be Firstly, why? What is one, and why it's important? It's good stuff, brother. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. And for this next uh, part of the conversation, we want to ask you both uh, what this process looks like. Um, perhaps an aspiring um, pastor should know some tips or some questions to ask whenever uh, they're interviewing uh, potential members for uh, membership for one of these meetings, or uh, perhaps there are some pastors that uh, need to reconsider what they think about uh, the church membership process. So um, I think Pastor Joe might answer first, what do the steps of church membership interview look like whenever you conduct one? And what are the types of questions you're asking in this interview? Yeah, I'm glad to answer, answer that. We, we have, uh, Usually a, a pattern that we go by whenever we uh, interview someone for church membership. And let me begin by saying that this is not uh, necessarily the way everybody has to do it in every detail. So we don't claim uh, infallibility in the order in which we do these things. But our process begins with a, a, the person desiring membership submitting to the elders a written account of their conversion and uh, and spiritual life uh, whenever anyone approaches an elder about the desire to become a member that's what we'll do we'll advise them give us your testimony uh send us electronically or write it down and give it to us on a piece of paper whatever uh telling us not every detail of your life but at least we want to know your understanding of the gospel of jesus christ and we want to know how you came to know the gospel, how you came to know Christ. And then uh, we ask them to write that down. Uh, like I said, not in great detail, but 
any other necessary details about their spiritual journey, which might be relevant. Once they submitted the testimony, all of the elders receive a copy and we'll read that. And uh, we might discuss it at some upcoming elders meeting. Uh, and unless we have a problem somewhere that we need to, one of us at least go back and speak to them individually, we'll set up a meeting with the candidate or candidates at the next elders meeting in order to formally interview them. So we get the testimony, uh, we discuss it among ourselves, uh, then we, we set up an interview with them if, if everything is a go from there. During that interview, we'll ask them to basically give us a verbal uh, version of the testimony that they had written for us. Just a brief verbal description of their conversion and their understanding of the gospel. Uh, if necessary during that time, we, if we need some clarification on any points, and sometimes we do, uh, we try to get the answers to any pressing questions that may be in our minds. Uh, questions like what, what has changed in your life since your conversion? Uh, what are your hopes and goals for the future? Uh, we, we may ask the person about their baptism, uh, if they've been baptized before, uh, if their baptism was perhaps not uh, adequate and needs to be done scripturally. And we will usually try to find out if they're coming to us from another church, we want to know about their relationship with that previous church uh, and what whether or not they left as uh, members in good standing or were mm -hmm. coming to us as members in good standing. Mm -hmm. um, uh, let's see, then we'll seek, we'll question the candidate concerning our confession uh, and our constitution. We will encourage them to be sure they read both of the, these things. Uh, and that is to assure that basically we're all on the, on the same page. And depending on the age and the status of the candidate, whether or not they're new, newborn babes, as the scripture calls them, we, we want people to know what we believe. And we like to find out before they join if there are any major disagreements that are going to cause problems down the road for us. Uh, so in order for, for them and us to, to know where each one is coming from, uh, we will usually ask them, have you familiarized yourselves with our confession of faith and our constitution? Not that they have to strictly subscribe and agree with everything and know everything. What does a newborn babe know? So of course we have to take all of those things into consideration. Um, we, in, during the membership interview, we definitely want to let them know what is expected of them if they join our assembly. And therefore we emphasize the church covenant because when they join our church, they are covenanting together with the body of Christ. And, uh, so we'll let them know, uh, we'll emphasize the church covenant part of our constitution. We we'll go over things like, uh, the duties of love, the necessity of unity. We will go, we will tell them that we expect all members of our assembly to be at the stated worship services unless they are providentially hindered because we want, we want to emphasize to them that membership in the church of Jesus Christ is important. Hmm. Most people today join a church and in the average church, let's face it, 
there, there, there's no uh, expectations, no responsibilities. Uh, but we want, we want uh, prospective members to know that this is a serious step that they're taking. Uh, and we conclude then the membership interview with directions as to how we're going to proceed. Uh, if everything goes well in that interview, we will let them know, okay, we're going to get your testimony out for all of the members to be able to read it. And then we'll set a date for them on a Sunday night to read those testimonies so that the church can then take a vote on uh, their acceptance into the membership. Of course, goes without saying these interviews in which almost always, if possible, all three elders are present. Uh, we begin and we end with prayer for God's grace, wisdom, and direction. Hmm. Pastor Lee, uh, we want to ask you now the same question. Um, what do the steps of church membership uh, interviewing look like when you conduct one? And what are the types of questions that you're asking in this interview, we kind of just want to peek through a window of what the, this process might look like through you as you're working your way through it as a pastor. Well, it's the same window you'd peek through, but uh, which Joe just said, at least there are many similarities. Uh, we too would start with the hearing of the testimony uh, of one. Well, you start with prayer, obviously, but but hearing the testimony of one who wishes to join. Um, and, and the aim is to know that there's a valid profession of faith. And it, it, the thing that we're listening for is the two sides of that. I think it was one of the Puritans that uh, made reference to what Christ has done for you and what Christ has done in you. And these are two separate things. Mm -hmm. uh, what he's done for us by way of the suffering and the dying, the atonement, the justification. Uh, but then there's that if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. That's what Christ has done in us. And as you would know, the, both of these go together. Well, sometimes in giving their testimony, uh, a Christian will present only one of the sides. You know, either it's all about Christ is my only hope. I'm justified in him. He died for me. Uh, or sometimes it's all about, well, I used to be this, but now I'm this. And so uh, because both are important at times, uh, we try to help prospective members along. And I'll even use that. And I wish I could remember uh, which Puritan it was that, that uh, if there was one specific that used that language of what Christ has done for you, what Christ has done in you. But, uh, 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 you know, I, I will set that out so that they're going to be giving us both sides to their testimony uh, without trying to put words in their mouth. And we also inquire uh, about baptism. Uh, after all, we're talking about baptized disciples, believers uh, who have been uh, scripturally, what we believe to be scripturally baptized. And it, at times you do find some who are a bit uncertain that, yes, they had professed faith and they had been baptized. Um, but then after that, they waffled. There were some, you know, problems for a period. Um, and it can be hard for a Christian to sort out, you know, what was I really a believer when I was baptized? Well, basically, we leave it with asking, you know, do you have a good conscience that you are biblically baptized? You were, uh, you profess faith, and then uh, you are baptized. Um, are, is your conscience now, because if their conscience is troubling, well, you know what, I'm, I, I'm not sure that was, uh, then we would certainly encourage, okay, then let's, let's do this. On the other hand, sometimes 
uh, Christians can have an experience where they're, uh, oh man, I was not saved before. I could have been. I got to be baptized again. And that can kind of be problematic. So you don't want to fall into that. But we do make sure that their conscience is good uh, with this regard. And, and we too would want to know of previous church connections if, if they have such. Uh, and, and even uh, I think our constitution requires, if need be, in some cases at least, that we send a letter uh, inquiring or that we investigate uh, from from that that church. But then prospective members are given a copy of the 1689 confession, uh, asked to read it, and then in the interview we're asking for questions, concerns, any reservations. Uh, maybe we will even ask questions about some particular matters uh, that we feel uh, this one should be addressed, um, chapters or uh, specifics in the Constitution. But the aim, again, like uh, like you said, Joe, it, it's not to, you know, uh, make sure they know everything. I mean, new, the newborn babe doesn't. But we, we want to make sure that they're at least of one mind with the church, or I think it's our Constitution that uses the language substantial agreement. Well, we want to make sure there is that. And also that there's a teachable spirit. Well, I don't know this, but I'm certainly willing to be taught. So, uh, because again, the importance of that one mind and one mouth by which we glorify God as a church. We would also, in advance of the interview, give uh, access to our constitution. Um, and in that, we too, like in Owensboro, we would let the, the, the people know what's expected or even required of members. A section of our constitution deals with that. Um, we also have a few sermons, uh, recorded messages uh, for prospective members to listen to. Um, Reformed Baptist distinctive. So we have uh, on, for instance, church membership, uh, a converted and a committed church membership, um, a message on the Lord's Day, a message on the regulative principle, uh, things of this nature that we ask all no matter their background, how long they've been in the Reformed faith, uh, we, we ask them to, to listen to these things, again, to make sure that, you know, we're of that one mind. And, mm -hmm. and, and we do it with all because we want to be even-handed. You know, hey, this guy's dubious. Let's make sure he listens to these messages where these other people will assume they're okay. No, it's we do it so as to be even-handed. This is what we, when we come, before we constituted uh, our first meetings uh, uh, as a, as a congregation, well, uh, it was then that, okay, you, you got these messages, cassettes back in those days, to listen to. Um, then we would ask those desiring membership if they have any questions for us as elders. Um, what, what are their concerns or questions about how things are done or what's expected? And then we would also, like with Owensboro, we would explain the procedure for receiving in members, the giving of the testimony, and then we have a our constitution calls for a one-month period after their testimony, and then later the congregational consensus. So that's basically well, what we would do. And as I say, it's a very similar window uh, that you have there uh, in Owensboro. This has been really helpful to consider, at least in my mind, uh, how membership processes uh, are thought out and uh churches by pastors. I know that as a member of a New Testament church, I've got to be interviewed uh, to be uh, before I was granted entrance into the body of Christ. So really thankful to see both perspectives now, both from the pastor's perspective, questions that you're thinking through and uh, 
now as a member, having gone through the membership process. We do hope that this conversation on conducting membership interviews has been helpful, but uh, I just want to leave this last question uh, to let you brothers take it wherever you want. The way I initially worded it is, what are some goals that you're trying to achieve with this interview? That seems pretty evident from the uh, answers that you brothers have already given. So I'll just ask if you have any final thoughts or encouragements related to uh, membership, church membership or um, membership interviews or the importance of guarding the membership as a pastor or anything related to the various subjects we've been talking about. Do you have any final encouragements? Well, I have some thoughts, and I think uh, a lot of them, uh, as you indicate, uh, Austin have been, I've already uh, mentioned before, or Lee has. Uh, but as as far as goals, uh, our number one goal would be, of course, to ascertain as far as it's humanly possible. I can't see the heart, and so we can't know when a Judas or a Simon Magus uh, uh, gets into the church. But we want to uh, ascertain as far as humanly possible that the person or persons before us is, is truly converted. And that's uh, for the church's sake, of course, and to preserve the purity of the church, but it's also for the sake of the individual. Uh, if we're gonna, if uh, the shepherd's job is to watch for souls, then that certainly needs to begin at the very beginning of uh, our relationship with that person. Mm. And uh, we're not very good shepherds if we uh, let sheep in who are not even sheep. So while we can make no claim to infallibility, we don't we can't just take a person's salvation for granted. Oh, you say you're saved. OK, you know, you know how that's so rampant in churches today and how lost people flood uh, many churches because no one is watching out for their souls from the very get go. Um, uh, yes, lost church members do exist. But they should not exist uh, due to our own negligence and spiritual malpractice for, at the very beginning. Uh, another goal would be to make sure that they know to an appropriate degree what our church beliefs and, and practices are. And I think I've said enough about that already. Uh, and I've said this also, but let me reemphasize. We want to make sure they understand and accept the seriousness of church membership. Uh, if you're not ready to commit yourself to a covenant with the people of God, then you're not yet ready. And we don't, we don't yet need you. Uh, we want to make sure people are ready to commit themselves to a covenant with the body of Christ. Hmm. And as I've, as I've said, again, we don't make any claim to having the perfect membership process we're always ready to rethink things and make tweaks here and there. But, uh, you know, there have been times, by the way, when we've had to put membership on hold. Yeah. And we've had to say to people uh, for one reason or another, we do not think that this is a good idea uh, yet for you. Uh, there have been times when we wished after the fact that we had put some on hold. Uh, sadly. Um, but the bottom line, I'll just leave you with this and then give it to you, Lee. Membership in Christ Church is the most important of all memberships in the world, and it should be taken seriously by the elders, and they should pass along the seriousness of that to aspiring members. Lee? 
Yes, well, amen, brother. And, and again, we do it for the good of the church, right? Uh, so that there will be that uh, converted, committed membership and that unity that's to be preserved is so important. Uh, but it's also for the good of the person wanting to join. Yeah. Uh, firstly, for them to be, uh, you know, uh, entering into it with their eyes wide open. Mm -hmm. you know, hey, I didn't sign up for this. Well, no, this is what what it is. Uh, and it's for their spiritual safety as well as for their edification. And it's for all of the church to function together as a biblical church in all of church life. And to that end, we don't want to set the bar too high. We don't want to make the door too narrow. Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, we want to make it right so that we don't have to remove people who are wrongly received well in the membership of uh, false professors or uh, whatever the case may be. <clears throat> if I might just add one more thing, there's a resource that I would recommend if anyone's wanting uh, more on this. Uh, Pastor Albert Martin, he, his lectures on pastoral theology. Now, I know that much of this is now available in book form. However, I'm not sure if everything is there in the books. And in his lectures, you can find it on Sovereign Grace Audio Treasures. It's Pastor A.N. Martin. Uh, it's his, under that, you'll find pastoral theology, and it's lecture 105, 105. It's the final lecture in which it is conducting a membership interview. I know of nothing else out there like that. And so if anyone has further questions, Sovereign Grace Audio Treasures, uh, and uh, you can Google it and get the exact address to it, and uh, then you'll see it. Keep looking, you'll find Pastor Martin's uh, Lecture 105. It's very helpful to know. Thank you, brothers, for taking the time uh, to answer this question, conducting membership interviewees. And for us, at least from our perspective, this concludes our batch of recordings uh, that we've taken up in the previous four topics. So thank you brothers for giving our audience your time to address these various questions that have been submitted to you and for your wisdom and your willingness to share your gifts to Christ church universal. Um, we continue to uh, encourage you listeners to submit your questions to pastors inbox at cbtseminary.org. Uh, Until next time we wish you grace and peace.